Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. Have you always dreamed about becoming a best-selling author? Well, I can make that dream come true for you if you're interested in writing a chapter for my next compilation book, Transforming Pain into Purpose, Triumphant Tales of Empowerment. If you're interested in learning more about writing and contributing to this compilation book, I'll put my contact info in the show notes. Please feel free to send me a DM on Facebook, or you can reach out to me through Instagram to learn more about this incredible opportunity to become an international best-selling author. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Colleen Lemma. She is a professional astrologer, an intuitive reader, and a life coach. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you so much for being here with me today, and thank you for taking the time to, to be here and share a little bit about your story and your journey with me. Well, hi, Brad, and hi, everyone out there, and thank you so much, Brad, for having me on your podcast. I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, it is my pleasure and my honor to sit down and have this opportunity to sit down and speak with you. So let's jump right in. So as mentioned, you are a professional astrologer, an intuitive reader, a life coach. You're also a numerologist, a Reiki master. You're certified in hypnosis, past life regression, and you're also the founder and owner of Sacred Soul Empowerment. You are one hell of a busy woman that wears a hell of a lot of hats, and that's quite an extensive resume. So how on earth do you find the time for all of this, and how important is prioritization and organization for you in order to stay on top of things? Well, you know, as far as finding the time, I think that when you're doing what you love and are passionate about, you're definitely making the time or it doesn't even feel like you have to make the time because you're doing, again, what you enjoy to do. But definitely organization and prioritization, as you say, is very important. You know, I just learned to make lists and use calendars and reminders for, you know, certain things that I absolutely have to do on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. But otherwise, I just kind of go with the flow. You know, if I feel <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to work on this this week, or if I get redirected, you know, there's certain, again, appointments, you know, client appointments or classes and things that you just have to do or prepare for. So uh, again, the organizing with with especially the you know Google calendars or my desk my trusty desk calendar that I like to use is definitely important. I'm curious being a serial entrepreneur and wearing so many hats what does your morning routine look like? Oh, my morning routine actually involves some self-care time for me. I get up, you know, fairly early in the morning. I, I start out doing some yoga stretches. And most of the time I go on a at least a 30-minute walk through the neighborhood or through nature somewhere. And when I finally kind of get home from all that self-care time, I that's when I, you know, do my shower and do my morning uh, greens or protein drink or whatnot. And then I sit down and actually get to the social media posts. That's usually my first kind of real work thing that I do is my, you know, social media posts for the day. And then it just kind of takes off from there. Also, 
being a serial entrepreneur. Have you always had that entrepreneurial bug within you? And if so, where do you think that comes from? I think the answer to that question, I have to say yes and no, <laughs> because I always desired independence and freedom from the regular quote unquote nine to five sort of jobs in the world. But yet I worked definitely my share of them. You know, I used to wait tables in a restaurant. I used to work uh, in domestic violence. I worked for uh, people with disabilities. You know, I, I worked a lot of, of that type of work out there. But again, always kind of desired, you know, to do my own thing. And I think overall, the energy came, you know, the energy of that entrepreneurial bug, as you call it, came from years of disempowerment from okay. others. And I'm not saying that every single person I ever worked for was disempowering, but there was plenty out there, you know, to where, you know, they want to tell you how things need to be done, or you can't vacillate from this. And, and sometimes, again, downright, almost abusive and disempowering energy that would come from those people. And I thought, you know what, I just, I need to do my own thing and be my own boss and set my own hours and, you know, just being a little bit more of a sense of peace. Yeah. Carve your own path. Blaze your own trail. Absolutely. What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and keep pushing and excelling at all that you do, Colleen? You know, it's always been about helping people for me. And just if I can interject a, a brief memory that I had yeah. when I was in, I think it was like first grade or something. And I remember the teachers as they often would with the students that were in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. And it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, what do you want to do when you become an adult out in the world? And I remember my answer being, I just want to help people. <laughs> and so <laughs> what drives and motivates and inspires me to keep going, as you say, is just helping people and helping them to awaken to their inner strength and their inner truth and their gifts and to come into their own sense of empowerment, basically. That's what, yeah. that's what inspires me. I'm curious to hear what led you down the spiritual path and the work you do. Did this journey of doing this work begin or get inspired through your own personal journey and struggles? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The answer to that last question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say, you know, it kind of goes back to the previous question you asked me where I spoke of disempowerment from others. So, you know, there was a lot of struggles, as you call it, in my life growing up and whatnot. And if I can kind of just move into that and tell you yeah. a little bit about that, that might help to answer the yeah, question. Sure. But, you know, I was born and raised in an alcoholic family system. And my father was alcoholic and emotionally and verbally abusive at the least, and sometimes physically abusive as well. And my mom, she played that other role of being the victim or, you know, being in the victim role of, of the experience she had with my father. And so I grew up the oldest of three children. And, you know, it was those family traumas, basically, I think that actually led me to some of the quote unquote nine to five jobs that I had later on, you know, working in domestic violence, as I mentioned, is one of them. And, you know, those traumas I grew up with and, and what we witnessed or what we experienced in that family dynamic 
led to, of course, as it often does, relationship challenges or, or difficulties where, you know, you usually attract what you know, and knowing the addiction energy and, and knowing the abusive sort of energy dynamic and even the victim mentality or the codependence aspect that comes along sometimes with those types of relationships between a man and a woman or between any two people, really. It caused me to attract into my life those types of relationships then that would emulate my experience as a child. So I had people in my life in, in relationship that were addictive to different types of substances or had anger issues or, you know, again, emotionally or verbally abusive, uh, to name a few other things. And these weren't just significant romantic other relationships. There was even a couple of these quote unquote nine to five jobs where I attracted that kind of disempowering and abusive behavior. One was from a female boss that I worked with in a health food store. And she definitely had this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde mentality or energy personality to her where you were, you know, the best thing on the planet earth for, you know, one day. And then the next day you were terrible and worthless and, you know, undeserving and everything else. And so all of these family and relationship challenges ended up embedding in me, I guess, to say, this sense of unworthiness, you know, definite self-worth issues to where I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel perfect enough. I didn't, you know, feel like I could ever have abundance or prosperity or goodness. There was definitely a lack mentality that came from these experiences as well. So I guess, you know, to go back to your original question, I think that's definitely part of what led me down the spiritual path and moving towards doing the work that I do now, because as I went through my own journey and had to heal myself and empower myself, I then, you know, well, like I said, I'll, I always wanted to help others. That was my goal. But I definitely, through my own experiences, came to a point of being able to even better help other people because I had lived through many experiences that those who would come to me were also going through. Uh, holy shit. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a hell of a lot. That is so a lot. How did you overcome those struggles? And like, who did you have to turn to for support and to help you get through those times? I think, you know, just when you say overcome the personal struggles, I think just by moving through them and learning through them, you know, you can move through them, of course, you have to, but to learn through them, what am I here to learn from this experience? What do I need to learn about myself? What am I learning about these other people that I'm attracting into my life? You know, and, and some of those questions might seem a little silly and some of them might seem a little intimidating, but it's like we have to learn, you know, our soul is here to learn and grow and evolve. And so in my world, we choose as a soul before we incarnate the experiences that we're going to have. You know, we, we choose our parents, we choose where we're going to be born. We choose the lessons that we're going to learn. We choose the gifts that we're coming in with. We choose uh, to some extent, our, our life path journey, you know, which again, for the most part, it's not so much about the life path journey of who I am in my career, but what my soul is here to again, learn or experience and how I'm here to grow and evolve. So again, I think just by learning through them and, you know, finding yourself and empowering yourself, which is one of the reasons why 
I call my business sacred soul empowerment, because to me, it's all about empowering yourself. Now, when you say who's been there to support me, I guess I would say first and foremost, two best friends that I've had for a very long time that have always been there, especially as I just began what I call my spiritual journey which was, you know, upon leaving where I was born in that kind of energy situation and just kind of connecting with other people or groups of like-minded people that sort of led me to follow this path a little bit more. But I'd have to say, along with, you know, spiritual teachers and mentors, either classes I took in, in real time and physically met or, or whether it be online courses and, and those type of spiritual mentors, I'd have to say, my couple of best friends, you know, were the ones that really, to me, that I turned to for support and that were there for me, that have always been there for me. Yeah. I mean, those support systems are so important, you know, for everything through life, through entrepreneurship, everything. Surrounding yourself with a team of support and cheerleaders and people that you can lean on. It, yes. It's integral to life. Absolutely. And and now that you say it that way too, it's, it's sparked in me. Also say that who supported me were my own kind of angels and guides, spiritual team, right? Yeah. Not just people that are in the flesh, but definitely people that are from the spirit realms as well. Yeah, for sure. How have these experiences helped shape the Colleen you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think? Well, it definitely absolutely shaped me for sure. I think that the experiences I had and lived through and learned through, it made me more confident, you know, knowledgeable in, in some sense as far as how to help others. It, it made me more compassionate, understanding, accepting, and I'd say non-judgmental, you know, of, of things, of what people, you know, go through. So it gave me more of a drive to help others on a professional level, for sure. And what would you say then for you was the biggest or the most valuable takeaway or lesson for you from these experiences? I'd say that I, and actually that we all are worthy and deserving of joy and happiness, peace, love, and living out our dreams. Everybody deserves that. That That's, I've been thinking about this a lot lately and had a lot of conversations around it. And it's our birthright. Absolutely. Truly. To be in a sense of joy and happiness, to live out your passion and your dream with what you're doing and to just to have a sense of peace, you know, and yeah. love in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. As previously mentioned, you're the founder and owner of Sacred Soul Empowerment. Can you speak to us a little about a little bit about the business, the work you do within the business, and when you started the business? Sure. I've been doing what I'm doing for over 25 years, I'd say. And I think back to, I think the very first thing when I shifted from the quote-unquote old life or old Colleen to the quote-unquote new Colleen. <laughs> it was 1996 when I became an ordained minister. And that was the okay. very first thing that led to then, you know, taking a bunch of classes and getting certified and all these different things. So I guess, you know, starting the business again around 1996, but it was really between 1996 and 2000 once I was, again, adding all this further spiritual education. 
And what my business is all about or what I do in my business is, of course, I do intuitive readings. I do, and those intuitive readings are kind of like a, a combination of like astrology, numerology, tarot, and using the different intuitive clair senses like clairaudience and claircognizance, etc. Doing healing sessions. So I'm a Reiki master. So I do mostly now long distance healing. You know, previously, but pre-COVID, you know, definitely yeah. was in-person sessions a little bit more. But I do the Reiki sessions and add, uh, you know, different uh, spiritual tools with that, like essential oils and crystals and whatnot. I do the hypnotherapy, past life regression, Ho'oponopono healing, if you've ever heard of that, life coaching, and then teaching, you know, a variety of metaphysical subjects like like teaching people about astrology or numerology or crystals or karma and past lives, uh, you know, along with a host of other things. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, at the, at the beat, you wear a hell of a lot of hats. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love, I love each and every one of them too. I mean, I definitely love connecting one-on-one -on -one with clients doing the readings and the types of healing sessions that I do, but I also love getting in front of a you know, group of people, again, whether it be in person and more so now maybe on Zoom, but teaching a group of people to find themselves, know who they are, empower themselves, you know, what are their gifts? What are their talents? What are their abilities? What's their karma? What's their past lives about? What are their, you know, uh, soul challenges in this lifetime? I mean, uh, a lot of these things that I teach, you know, like especially the astrology, numerology will tap people into yeah. kind of their Akashic records in a way to learn about these things. Being trained in, in multiple areas and, and all of these modalities, can you speak a little bit of, about that and how you incorporate those into your work as well as could you give us a brief overview of your approach when working with clients? Sure. You know, I combine those modalities along with my previous education. And my previous education, again, kind of before the switchover of the old to the new Colleen, I'd say, is having a bachelor's degree. Now, my bachelor's degree, I had a double major. So I have a bachelor's in psychology, and I also have a bachelor's in what was termed human services in that particular university, which is like social work. And then I had minors in counseling and substance abuse. And all of those things that I learned at university were, you know, definitely on point and merged well with all mm -hmm. these qualities, you know, like astrology and psychology, you know, they go so well together. And right. And the healing and the hypnotherapy, you know, the, the substance abuse counseling with the hypnotherapy and, and all of that, they go very well together. And so, again, most of the time, say the intuitive reading portion of what I do, even when I do healing sessions, really, the, the information I gather is I gather the full name on the birth certificate of the person because that's the soul vibration that you come in with. You, as a soul, chose you know, you, we think that our parents chose our names, right? But right. our parents through us, through our soul communication with them before we incarnate, gave them what our name is. And that's, again, my belief system. Mm -hmm. So I need the full name because it's the soul vibration of the soul. I get the date of birth. I get the time of birth if the person knows it. If they don't, it's okay. Uh, the location of birth by city, state, country. And then where they live now, because that gives me the astrological chart or it gives me the numerology chart. And then my process is to meditate on 
that information before I even connect with the client. And once I connect with the client, I have those tools with me. I got the information from my guides and angels and the client's guides and angels that I got in my meditation. And I also have divination cards, tarot cards, and all the while answering whatever questions they have and using, again, those intuitive clairs, as I mentioned, clairvoyance, audience, sentience, you know, claircognizance and whatnot. Uh-huh. So that's a little bit about how I work with the clients, especially with the intuitive readings part. When did you realize then that you had all these spiritual gifts and how hard or easy was that for you to embrace them? It probably took me a really long time to kind of admit that I had these spiritual gifts. But I will say that being born in that addictive and abusive family system I was very, very empathic and very hyper aware because when you're in that kind of environment, you know, especially being hyper aware of what's going on around you or, you know, what's the energy of the day, you know, what can you do or not do or say or not say. So I think the hyper awareness kind of almost leads to you being intuitive in a way. And in fact, you know, all of us are born with intuitive capabilities. Now, a lot of us might say, well, I'm not intuitive at all, but really we are. It's like that gut feeling, or it's like walking into a situation, a room, even walking into a store and just feeling like something doesn't feel right. I might not be able to put my finger on it, but it just, something doesn't feel good. Those are intuitive capabilities. So, you know, I think everybody's intuitive, but it probably took me a good long time to say to myself, you know what, you are intuitive, you do have psychic gifts. I can't even tell you exactly when that might have happened, probably the early 2000s or something when I finally said, okay, you know, I accept this, I accept this, I accept (laughs) this about myself. And yes, it was hard for me, just because again, growing up with some of those old mindsets and belief systems of, you know, not feeling good enough or not feeling like I'm worthy or that I have gifts or that I, you know, have anything important to share or whatnot. Again, just that family system kind of embeds some of these belief systems into you that you have to kind of peel away the layers of and move through the healing with. And sometimes on a real conscious level, like, hey, I I need to overcome this and I need to do what I can, whether it's counseling or therapy or taking classes or journaling or meditation or whatever it is. I have to grow, evolve, and move through this and bring healing to myself. Uh, I think we all, everybody deals with those self-limiting beliefs, those self-sabotage thoughts. And Mm -hmm. it is, it takes a lot of work to get through them and to overcome them. And I don't think that we ever completely get rid of them. I think they rear their ugly heads from time (laughs) to time. But if we continue to do the work and continue to use the tools to help combat those, we're able to turn the volume down on those voices. Absolutely. And then I have to say too, the more, you know, alone time, self-reflection time, meditation time, getting out in nature time. Yeah. Those all help for sure. Yes. It all helps for sure. What would you say is the most inspiring or rewarding part of the work that you do, Colleen? I probably would say when a client of mine or a student of mine starts to get excited as they awaken their gifts or awaken to their spiritual truth, when they start to feel empowered or own their power, I think that's probably for me, what's one of the most rewarding things. Now on the flip side of that, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts about the work that you do? Well, my first inclination is to say, 
I'm doing what I love, so it's not challenging. But if I had to to pick something that would be challenging about the work I do, I'd have to say probably just being so empathic because I, you know, being clairsentient, right, we feel energies with being clairsentient. When we're empathic, it takes it a step further where we're feeling other people's emotions and feelings. I remember, you know, growing up before I knew any of this terminology even and watching just commercials that were sad, you know, the puppy dogs that were, you know, in a cage or, you know, watching little house in the prairie or something. (laughs) It was, you know, what is silly stuff. And I would just burst into tears and it was like, that's being empathic because you're feeling the emotions or the feelings of what the other person is going through. So I, You know, I I feel like that might be one of the most challenging things for me is when people, they're coming to me or or asking for guidance and they're in emotional pain and I'm kind of picking up on and feeling that. So, you know, definitely as a spiritual guide, if if you will, or helper or, or whatnot, you have to really learn kind of protection and clearing techniques. You have to be able to, you know, put a, a good solid kind of protection boundary around yourself, not that you're not being compassionate or not being empathetic with what they're going through, but you can allow yourself to get, you know, into like a, a, a big ball of mush. Mush. Yes. You can't get into a big energy. ball of mush when you're trying to help them. Right. So, yeah. so you need to, you know, kind of uh, have this sense of objectiveness and a little bit of a boundary around you. And then also too, again, after each session, you really have to learn how to spiritually clear or or pull cords because you don't want to walk around with other people's uh, energies, right? Absolutely. You have to protect your own energy. Absolutely. Otherwise you're not going to be any good for the next person. That's right. Speaking of the next person or clients, (laughs) what type of person or client is your ideal client? What types of things do you look for in a potential client before starting to work with them? You know, I don't look for my clients. And so to me, my clients are the ones that kind of find me. They're either referred or led or guided, you know, spiritually. They decide to work with me most of the time. I don't like search out clients or students or whatnot. Um, Unless they're a repeating student, then I say, hey, I'm going to have this other class. You need to come. (laughs) But (laughs) they find me or they're referred. And so, you know, to me, everyone's the ideal client if they want to be there. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? I think probably to just love myself just the way I am. And maybe before learning that. And of course, we're always in the process of continuing to learn, right? Absolutely. But before that, you know, I probably judged myself uh, harshly quite a bit of the time, you know, like the not being good enough or or whatnot. I think after realizing, you know, or, or learning to love myself, I think just becoming more confident in myself, more confident in my abilities, you know, to help people or guide people, just more confident in general in in everyday life. Colleen, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? You know, again, I have to go back and say my friends because they know me and they don't judge me or my choices. And, you know, they're always there for me unconditionally. So to me, you know, those friendships are the most important. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? (laughs) Just be yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Yeah. 
what's something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the last year? That's a good one. I'd say that old wounds that we thought were healed (laughs) and still come back up in present circumstances for further healing. I mean, you might really think that, oh, been there, done that, learned that, I'm done with that situation karmically or whatever. But I will say that I think in the last year, maybe even the last couple of years, some of these old wounds that I thought were were done and, and kind of buried, so to speak, kind of come back up through different people or different circumstances and situations. So definitely, you know, it's a lifelong healing journey. Yeah, I mean, as we said, you're, we're constantly evolving. We're hu- evolving. We're we're human beings, and that work needs to continue always. Absolutely, it does. What does the word empowerment mean to you? To me, empowerment is about connecting with the divine within yourself, connecting with your true spiritual self, and connecting with your passions and dreams and goals, and just living your truth. Beautiful. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be two, three, four word answer type thing, okay? Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Grounded, most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Unconditional love of self and others. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Path to Wholeness. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Oh, it's hard for me to choose one thing, so I'm going to give you three. Happiness, contentment, and peace. What is your biggest fear? I'd say not being able to help guide or empower someone who who needs assistance. What purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months? Where did you get that question, Brad? (laughs) Just pulled it out of the air. (laughs) You know, I guess I'd have to say certain classes and workshops that I I took online with spiritual teachers. Okay. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. (laughs) (laughs) Colleen, what is your personal motto? My personal motto, anything is possible and miracles happen every day. What is the one thing you could not live without and why? Well, it probably definitely has to be peace of mind, because if you don't have peace of mind within yourself, then you're not in your truth. Very true. In the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? This one is a little surprising to me because I'd have to say that it's that I can balance my life path and purpose and what I do for my clients with a newfound family life with loved ones because previously I was kind of on a solo sort of path. I mean, yes, I had certain relationships here and there, but you know, it was from afar kind of thing, you know, or right. at least a little bit of a distance. And so I was always just focused on my kind of work or mission, so to speak, spiritual mission, if you want to call it that. And yeah. Recently, I now have a significant other and that person has a son that I call, I don't like the word step, like stepchildren or stepson. Yeah. So I say he's my spiritual son. <laughs> so <laughs> I it's like, like that. Yeah, it's like balancing, you know, again, like that, that family life with your purpose in life. So yeah. that's kind of something that I've come about to understand lately. What is one lesson your career has taught you? that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? 
Oh, well, that's easy. Do what you love. Do what you love and what you're passionate about. That's not always easy, though. There's so many people out there. And this, you know, when I think about this, it breaks my heart because there are so many people out there who never do find their their passion or their mission in life. And they go through life just existing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a horrible way to live. We only get one shot at this life. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I would love for everybody on this planet to find their purpose or their mission. Think of how much that would change the world if people walked around in that joy. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, some people, you know, everybody's different. I mean, some people, their passion is to cook. Absolutely. Their passion is to sew or or create something. I mean, you know, and and so we have to get rid of the old like mindsets, belief systems, patterns from our own family or what our parents thought we should do instead of what we love to do. And just, we really have to sit with it and just say, you know, what is it that I love to do? There's got to be something that you love. And then just kind of send that out to the universe, send that out as an intention and say, please bring me something that is in alignment with this passion that brings me joy and happiness that I can do to create a living and sustain myself. And and I know it's, it's hard. I, I know that. But that also all goes back to the person putting in the work putting in the self-work to do that, to figure out what that is and to break those societal and parental conditions mm-hmm. and whatnot, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, and it again, I know it's, it's, it's difficult, but we just, you know, we really have to tune into ourselves. And again, it goes back to empowering yourself and yeah. not that you're wanting to disrespect your elders or your parents or anything else, but if you're not in alignment with your truth and and what you love and what gives you happiness and joy and you know whatnot then then yeah you're going to be in a place where you're just kind of on a hamster wheel you yeah, know you're and, exi- and, you're and, existing and, yeah. and that's it yeah absolutely and that that's a that's a sad way to be it is for sure mm-hmm. Colleen what is your why well my why is again that you know i feel that the journey i've been on in empowering myself is something that I should share with other people. Just like we just got done talking about, you know, empowering other people to live their truth and, and do what they love. And as you said, if, if, if all of the world, all the people in the world walked around in joy and peace and happiness and contentment, I mean, what a different world we would live in. So my why is to just empower others to find that truth and that divine essence within themselves. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Well, I'm going to say that even though this isn't a person that's currently living, it's not even really a person at all. I would say one of my spiritual ancestors, (laughs) you know, and to have a conversation with one of my spiritual ancestors, female ancestors, Uh to gain like further knowledge or or wisdom and information that can aid me on my spiritual path forward. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Well, it's kind of a dual sort of idea, but I would say love yourself and set good boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) One feeds right into the other. Yes, kind of. You have to definitely... You know, and and me being a Libra, it's kind of hard for Libras to have good boundaries because we're all about what does the other person need? What should I say? What do they want to (laughs) do? 
finding that happy medium. Yes, absolutely. Lastly, Colleen, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your people, your tribe, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Hmm. I don't know if this is going to take 30 seconds, but I'm just going to go <laughs> with what comes here. Yeah. To be the empowered, sacred soul that you are, connect with the unconditional love in your hearts to find your true self and share your true self and your unconditional love with others as this will change the world. Beautifully said. What a great way to end the interview. Such wise words of wisdom. Thank you so much for (laughs) for sharing that, Colleen. Thank you for being here with me today and taking the time to sit down and chat with me and share a little bit about the work you do, your story, your journey. It's been an absolute pleasure having the opportunity to sit down and speak with you. And I am grateful to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you so much, Brad. The pleasure has been all mine, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Colleen Lemma. She is a professional astrologer, intuitive reader, and a life coach. Thank you so much, Colleen. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.